Good day and welcome to our special broadcast for readers of Green Industry Pro Magazine for the July-August issue. And what we're going to be talking about now is the discipline of leadership and management. This is an article that I put together. My name is William Eastman. I'm a senior consultant with Greenmark, uh, the coaching group. And really what this is based upon is almost four decades in the business of trying to look at the topics of leadership and management and help anybody in one of those positions do a better job. Um, I typically don't talk about my history or background, but in this case, it's appropriate. Uh, at one time, I was in the United States military, specifically the United States Coast Guard, and I was the chief of the Coast Guard's Leadership and Management School. So this is a topic area that we had developed over the years to train everybody from first-line supervisors through senior officers, which includes flag officers, admirals. Um, also, this is something that I've used over the years in consulting large corporations, small companies, and what we've also used in our own company. So this is a little theory and a lot of practical experience. Now, how this got developed was pretty simple, and that is I looked at leadership and management and said, gee, what can I say about those and try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, we wound up with 10 rules, five of leadership and five of management. Trust me, I did not sit down and go, what are the 10 rules of leadership and management? Um, I, in fact, I'd be happier if it was three and three or two and two. Uh, the fewer, the better. But what it left me with was this is the minimum I could come up with on the subject of leadership and management. Now, let me, let me give you an overview of them. Let me define them, and then I'll take you through each one of them. When I say the discipline of leadership and management, I'm looking at the broad spectrum of leadership being predominantly the issue of dealing with people and management predominantly being the issue of dealing with things. So that's how I'm making that division, okay? And so the rules of leadership that I've come up with over the years that we've developed and we've used successfully, there are five here. So let me overview the five. One in command, command. Number two is the unity of command. The number three is the chain of command. Number four is be what you expect. And number five is treat everybody as an individual. On the management side, number one is bring order out of chaos. Number two is the removal of obstacles. Number three is problem solving, not fault finding. Number four is problem solving, not treating symptoms. And then number five, everything has a budget. Okay, so those are the ten. Now I'm going to what I'm going to do as they're um, as they are delineated in the article. I'm going to take those and break those down briefly to give you some idea of what we're talking about here. The first one, one in command, command, this is a military term. I got this from a dialogue that took place uh, that I read about between Admiral Halsey and one of his uh, subordinates who had just been given command of a carrier task force. Halsey was sick and was in, um, was in the hospital. And what was about to happen is that we were about to meet the Japanese fleet at Midway, which was one of the seminal um, naval battles of World War II. In other words, the battle in the Pacific was different before Midway and different and different afterwards. We basically had uh, command of the seas. And so what he had basically said to Jack Sprudence was this, Jack, when you're in command, command. And what he really meant by that is that when we are designated as the leader, now as a business owner, this kind of makes sense because uh, you got the job, but whenever you put somebody in a leadership position, understand they have a right to lead because you've given them the title and people are expecting certain things from them, like 
what's important, uh, what's not important, what are the standards of behavior, um, what are we doing today, those type of items. And if the, somebody put in a leadership position is passive on those, they quickly destroy whatever power base they've got. So if you're given the job, lead. Even if you're even if you're making mistakes at the beginning, it's better to make mistakes and back off of them than it is to be passive and do nothing. The second one on unity of command means that everybody should have only one boss. This idea of a matrix organization or people having multiple bosses is crazy. And a lot of times it happens in family-run businesses if you've got uh, the father and sons and daughters in the business, maybe brothers-in-law, etc., and they're all giving people different sets of orders. It's craziness because what will happen is that people will start stop showing initiative, number one. But number two, what really kills you is that when you try to hold somebody accountable, they're going to go, well, yeah, I was going to do that. I know you told me to do it, but so-and-so told me to do this, so I went to debt. And if you're when you were a kid, I bet you remember um, the old trick of letting mom and dad fight. And if they weren't on the same page, it was really easy to get out of the heat by getting your parents fighting. Well, it's the same thing here. Only have, Everybody has one boss, one boss only. Staying in that theme, let's go to the third one, which is chain of command. What chain of command means is basically this, and that is you got an organizational chart. You report to me. Somebody reports to you. The person that reports to you does not have open access to my office. The only way they talk to me is if they talk to me through you. You have open access to my office, but they don't. Because if you don't do that, it's kind of like the, the, the last one with Unity Command. It kills teamwork because the, the leadership group have to be on the same page. And number two, it kills accountability because if I allow somebody to jump a couple levels, come tell me about something that happened, then I go down and try to figure out oh, what's going on. The first thing you're going to say to me, if you report to me, is that, well, I didn't know about that. You know, if they had talked to me about it, I would have solved it. So you got the same set of issues. If you hire people in the organization to handle a particular job or position, then let them do that. And if they don't do it correctly, deal with it that way. But don't let people run around the org chart. If you report to me, you talk to me. If you report to somebody else, you report to somebody else. And don't be talking to me about it unless they haven't handled it very well. Um, number four is a very interesting one. You could say it's uh, role modeling. Um, I think an easier way of saying it is be what you expect. And what I mean by be by what you expect is that it, it's never worked, but it works even, it's even less effective today if your mindset is do as I say, not as I do. A lot of business owners are really, really killing, really killers on punctuality, and yet they're always late. Now, I can tell you that if you, if you tell me that being on time is important and then you never show up on time, I don't believe you. See, most people don't listen with their ears. Most people listen with their eyes. So if you've got a set of rules about how people are supposed to behave on, the company, uh, on company time or when they're on company property or in company vehicle, then you must be the paragon of those uh, behaviors. If not then people are just going to blow it off. Yeah, they'll do it while you're around, but they won't do it when you're not there. And let's face it, a measure of leadership is what people do when you're not there. And then the last one is treat everybody as an individual. And this is going to kind of cross over a little bit into the management piece. But the way I see the world and what my experience is after almost four decades in business in some form is that there's only three reasons that things don't happen the way they're supposed to happen. One is there's an obstacle outside of 
the work group or the individual that's preventing them. I'm going to put that aside because that's a management issue. Or it's because they can't do it or because they won't do it. And so I need to be able to distill out when I'm looking at somebody, is this an ability problem or is this a willingness problem? Because each one of those have different treatments. Um, and I would never, ever, ever punish somebody for lack of ability. So ability is typically a training issue or a coaching issue and getting people support. Um, the willingness issue, on the other hand, um, can be one of those where we may be talking about uh, some sort of negative action taken toward the individual. But I've got to be able to, to, um, to distinguish between them. Um, so the other thing is, is that I don't believe in group punishment after being somebody who's experienced it and delivered it. I haven't found that group punishment works very well. I want to treat everybody on an individual level. So that's my five rules of leadership. Winning command, command, unity of command, chain of command, be what you expect, treat everybody as an individual. Now let's move over to the management side. And on the management side, the management of things. So rule number one here is your job, your first job, and sometimes your only job you can get done every day is to bring order out of chaos. Is that in, in a smaller company without a lot of procedures, without a lot of things set in place, every day can be helter-skelter. Uh, trying to get um, three or four mo crews out in the morning uh, bef you know, within 30 minutes um, can be challenging. They have all the right equipment, they have the right materials, the vehicles have been inspected in terms of everything works, so the, all your safety violations um, have been taken care of. Getting all that done in a 30-minute time can be quite challenging. The job of a manager in the first job is always to take a situation, calm people down, get them focused on what's critical, and, and send them on their way. You know, it's uh, in any situation, you have the critical few versus the trivial many. Always, always help people focus on the, on the critical few. And that's kind of what your responsibility is. Number two is removing obstacles. And I talked about that before. The number one question I used to ask whenever I walked around a plant or any of the facilities that I was managing, um, I would be asking individuals or usually my supervisors, uh, and that was, what obstacles are preventing you from getting the, the work done today? What obstacles are preventing you from meeting the numbers today? What obstacles... Da, da, da. Because what I want to know is what is what is external to either this individual, this work group, that is preventing them from doing the job that I need them to do, because my job is either one, make that go away, or two, mitigate that in some way, make it have less of an impact. So removing obstacles is my second job. Number three, my third rule here is instead of finding the guilty party, let's just problem solve. Um, what has to happen in an organization to be effective, especially, again, a small business where there's not a lot of rules and policies and structure in place, is bad news needs to be delivered immediately. And that's only going to happen if people don't fear telling the truth. So I'm, my focus is when somebody comes to me, I don't care who's guilty, at least right at the moment. That may be an issue later on down the road. Right now, I want to know what is the problem so that I can focus on the problem so that we can solve it. So that takes me to number four, and that is I want to solve problems and make sure I'm not just treating the symptom. Because a lot of times what happens is that we don't spend enough time going, well, what is really the root cause of this issue? Why did this really happen? 
and we, we go after, we make a preliminary decision of, well, this must be the reason for it. We go out and do it, and then a week later, we're dealing with it again. And so if you've got something that you've tried to solve several times and, you haven't, and it keeps reoccurring, you haven't solved it, and the reason you haven't solved it is, is not that your decision earlier wasn't right, but you say to yourself, I'm treating the symptom. I'm not at the root cause. Now, how do I get at the root cause? Well, one of the ways that you can do that, and if you want to check this out, uh, do a search on the fishbone diagram, fishbone, or Ishikawa diagram. And it's a great way of looking at a problem to say, is it methods, which is how we do it? Is it materials? Did we, did we have some defective uh, materials? Is it machinery or the equipment we're using defective? Or is it manpower? Is this something, something that the people did? And that's usually the four areas that you look to say, what is really the root cause? I think in my, in, for me, because typically this is done verbally on the spot, I like the Japanese concept of the five whys. And when somebody says, well, this is what happened. And I go, well, why did that happen? Then they'll give me another why. And I say, okay, why did that happen? Or why do you think that? They say, well, I think the cause of this is this. Well, why do you think that's the cause? And what I want to do is I want to keep asking why until uh, basically there's no more oil in this particular hole. And my experience is it takes the third, the fourth, maybe the fifth why to get to the point where somebody's going, okay, I think we've got at the root cause of it. But the mindset here is simply, if all I do is treat symptoms, then all I'm going to have is the chaos of problems. I want to, if I'm going to bring order out of chaos, I'm going to solve problems and I got to get to the root cause. And then the last one is everything has a budget. Any job, any assignment I hand out, I want to hand out with a budget. Now, if we're talking about work I'm doing in the field and I hand out a work order to a crew chief and on it, it's got a schematic of the property. I've got on there a list of materials that they're going to use and I have labor hours. Okay. That's all I'm talking about, because what I want them to know is that this job was bid at this. This is what they've got. This is what we've got to get done. I don't want them failing to meet those standards uh, because, simply because they don't know what they are. Also, is, and if they don't meet them, then I have, we, we've got some, we can do some problem solving here. Because either one, the estimates were bad, what we sold the customer wasn't quite accurate, or number two, the job's not being managed correctly for some reason or run correctly. And so everything that I do, I want to have a budget to it. But it's kind of a bigger issue here is that what I people understand is that even if I have a position description that says, here's the 10 things I do in this role as a crew chief or, um, you know, I'm, I'm on a mower or I'm, I'm doing, I'm a mason working hardscape, is doing all those activities don't matter if they don't move the business forward, if we're not making money at it. And so as a business owner, I know that business is one big monopoly game, except the money's real. It's not fake. But unfortunately, in most businesses, I'm the only one playing the game. And what I want to do is I want to get more and more people into the game of business. And so by doing that, one of the ways I can do that is by giving people kind of a Here's what it's going to take to do that job. And that opens me up for other conversations to have with them over time going, well, why, the, why those labor hours? Why that material cost? I can even do this with internal jobs. And we do it all the time. You know, I, I expect my accounts receivable to be cleared the last week of the, 
uh, Friday every every week, I expect all my accounts receivable to be either cleared or the status updated. And so I, my people that work for me know that they got eight hours. And by the end of eight hours, all these people got to be contacted. These letters got to go out. Here's the information we need to collect. And so again, it, it's it's time bounding everything, or putting putting a budget dollar on it. That's really critical. So those are my 10. I uh, did, as I said earlier, I did not start off by coming up well, I needed 10. I was, tr it, I, trust me, if I, can't, if I could come up with two rules, I would have, uh, because I think simpler is better. But over the years of running a leadership and management program in the military, plus the number of years I've consulted the large corporations, small corporations, and ran my own company, run my own company, I basically came up with five and five. On the leadership side, it is if you're in a position of authority, then assume that position and lead it. Number two is that everybody only should have one boss. Number three is that make people, hold people accountable for the level in the organization to deal with the issues that they're being paid to deal with. Number four is never tell people to do one thing and act differently, but basically role model the behaviors I want to see from them. And then number five is treat everybody individually. Then on the management side is my job is to bring order out of the chaos. Every single moment of the day, the business is chaotic. How do I make it make sense to my employees? Number two is what obstacles are out there that are preventing people from getting their job done that can be removed. Number three is I want bad news delivered immediately. And so how do I, I, I want to create an environment where we're not about finding fault. We're, we're about solving problems. Taking that a step further on solving problems is that how do I make sure that I'm not just treating a symptom, but I'm really going after the root cause. And then finally, the last of the five management rules is everything has a budget. So that's been my uh, almost 40 years in the business. Uh, I appreciate all the listeners from Green Industry Pros Magazine uh, reading the article and listening in on this. And if you want to, if you want to contact us, it's it's in the Green Industry Pro article. But you can also uh, reach us. We are the Green Mark Consulting. Group. So with that, have a great business day, and thanks for listening.